We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. With just over two weeks before the statewide elections, the rhetoric is heated up in the governor's race just as the temperatures were cooling and the October surprises seem to be arriving on schedule. But is anyone paying attention to the issues? Well, we will this week, even as we talk about all the fireworks, the tactics, and more. We are going to have a conversation with Democrat J.B. Pritzker. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guest is businessman, philanthropist, and Democratic candidate for Governor J.B. Pritzker, the polls, the few polls that there have been anyway this season, suggest J.B. Pritzker has a solid lead over Republican incumbent Bruce Rauner. But Mr. Pritzker's also spent much of the last two weeks playing rhetorical and actual defense, as it turns out. A 10 present and former Pritzker campaign workers filed a lawsuit accusing uh, his campaign of being, in their words, a cesspool of racial discrimination and harassment. Well, we're going to talk about that lawsuit some toilets in and out of one of the Pritzker mansions on the north side, Governor Rauner's record, and a lot more in this half hour. J.B. Prisker, welcome back. Great to be back here with you, Craig. Well, we have to talk about the lawsuit first. Uh, this is a move that's come near the end of the campaign. It was preceded uh, by a letter listing demands and a $7.5 million, oh, for a $7.5 million settlement. You say the claims that the campaign herded black and Latino workers into less desirable jobs than white staffers are false, but uh, automatically disbelieving the claims of people who say they're harassment victims isn't all that popular to do these days. Well, the important thing is that those claims are untrue and that the fact is that they have a, a forum with which to adjudicate those. They've gone to, um, you know, filing a lawsuit um, the claims are untrue in the lawsuit. Uh, and I want to be clear, you know, we we are really proud of the campaign staff that we've put together. You know that we've got staff statewide, our senior staff, a majority of them are African-American and women, and 45% of our overall staff are people of color. And we've run a campaign that's really been about um, diversity and inclusion. And we're going to have Juliana and I intend to have the most inclusive and diverse administration in the history of the state of Illinois. Now, this campaign is filed by, oh, excuse me, this uh, complaint is filed by present and former staffers. So several of the people are still working on your campaign. What gives? Well, again, I think, you know, they, they need to have their claim adjudicated and they, they chose a venue for that. Um, and now it's a legal case. I intend to prosecute that case and litigate that case to the greatest extent of the law, um, you know, the, the claims that they're making are untrue. Uh, at least one of the people alleged alleged to have suffered racial indignities says that he didn't, uh, though his name was included. Uh, but still, even with some things being questioned publicly now, uh, not just the timing, uh, don't things like this still hurt your campaign? You know, this is expected in the last few weeks of a campaign. 
there's a lot of desperation on the other side and an attempt to amplify these messages. Um, and, you know, look, we're, we're, we're plowing ahead. We're, we're trying to fight for working families all across the state, fighting for equality and inclusion, fighting for social and economic justice. Um, the, the fundamentals of this campaign, as you know, have been the kitchen table issues, um, attempting to, to focus on raising wages and creating jobs. Very importantly, the state is in the bottom third of job growth under Bruce Rauner. So we need to do a lot better in that regard. I want to raise the minimum wage. And we want to lower the cost of health care and lower the cost of higher education. That puts thousands of dollars back on the table for working families and raises their standards of living. That's what I'm attempting to do. But this is a time when people are getting very cynical about politics, I think. Um, why should the voters trust you? Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, they will, among the things that your opponent, uh, uh, Bruce Rauner, among, among the commercials, involve uh, what you years ago had to say about Jesse White, who is a staunch supporter of yours, but mm-hmm. you uh, called him the least offensive uh, African-American person that then Governor Blagojevich could have appointed to Barack Obama's old Senate seat. Um, he talks about the tax stuff. Um, and it, at, at best, some people and will shrug cynical. and say, sure. this, is what, this is what rich people do. Mm-hmm. This is what, what politically connected people do. Well, to be clear, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that I was advocating for Jesse White to become the United States senator and be appointed to that position. I think he's one of the great, frankly, one of the great public servants that we've had in this state. So proud of that fact. And, and look, uh, this campaign is really um, one about um, values. I think people need to look at what the history is of each of us and whether we've actually gotten real things done across the state of Illinois for working families. In particular, in my case, you know, a lot of work that I've done in the African-American community to lift up children who are in low-income school districts, making sure that they get school breakfast. 230,000 more kids are getting school breakfast made available to them in those districts because of the work that I've done. I've worked for more than 20 years in early childhood education, expanding opportunity for children of color and those who are in poverty all across the state and all across the nation. Um, And I also helped to build, led the building, in fact, of a museum that teaches more than 120,000 kids and adults every year to fight bigotry, hatred, and intolerance. I've gotten a lot of big things done. I founded 1871, which has created more than 7,000 good-paying jobs. It's a small business incubator that was named this year as the best incubator in the entire world, and it's right here in Illinois. Those are demonstrations of the big things that I've worked on, the values that I have, and my ability to work together with people to accomplish things that really lift people up. That's what people should be focusing on because, boy, do we have some problems in the state of Illinois that we need to address, and I hope we'll get a chance to talk about the real issues here. And, and we will, but unfortunately we have to take a brief stop to talk about plumbing, uh, and maybe in, in more than one way. Uh, Governor Rauner uh, has said the issue about uh, whether you uh, legally committed fraud by removing toilet seats mm-hmm. from your, uh, your mansion and lowering its property tax bill is is not just about plumbing. It's about character. How do you respond? To well, that? this is a, an attempt at distraction by the governor. Um, let me be clear about this, that you know, Governor Rauner has sought 22 property tax reassessments 
He's illegally gotten three homestead exemptions, and he proposed raising property taxes by a billion dollars just in this year. That was his intent with his proposed budget. Um, this is a, you know, it's a, it's an attack. Uh, it's politically motivated. Uh, the governor has, you know, in these final weeks, he's in desperation mode. Um, he's behind in the polls, and so he's throwing everything he's got. But now you also have uh, talked about something that has to do with plumbing, and that's the Legionnaires' disease outbreak at the Quincy Veterans Home. Uh, you say the governor's got some character issues with regards to that. Well, this is a real issue. Um, Fourteen people died under the care of the state government under Governor Rauner's care at the Quincy, Illinois Veterans Home. Seventy people were sick. And why is all of that? Because they didn't notify people that there was a problem up front when somebody died and it was clear that Legionnaire's disease was present. They didn't notify people and it took them days and days. And the result of that is more and more people got sick. And then after that, they attempted to cover it up. They tried to blame it on Tammy Duckworth. They tried to blame it on the weather. The governor himself, frankly, has been involved in this cover up. And now there's a criminal probe into whether or not they violated criminal laws um, at the Quincy Veterans Home. Fourteen people died. This is a pattern with the governor that he tries to cover up. Everything's political. It's about either personal gain or political gain or business gain for him. It's real corruption, and I do think people should take that into account when they're voting. When he was here last week, uh, Governor Rauner insisted that when they knew what was happening at Quincy, the families at least were, no, he says the families were notified, even if we in the media and the general public were not. The families were not. I mean, you you can see the reporting, you know, WBEZ has done some pretty great reporting here and they have the facts and they've talked to the families. They were not notified. Um, and, and honestly, if they had been, they could have taken action to protect their family members. These are veterans. These are our heroes. My, my father was a Navy veteran. My grandfather, a Navy veteran. I think that defending our veterans is a sacred obligation of our leaders, and especially when they're under your care, as they were under Governor Rauner's care at the Quincy, Illinois Veterans Home. Um, and he failed. He failed and mismanaged. Um, people have said fatally mismanaged there. And the result is people died. And this is a pattern with him. Let me remind you that uh, there's the Sterigenics plant, which he bought, owned, um, and which he's refused to close. Uh, and the result is that there are children that are sick. There are people who've gotten cancer in the area. The people in Willowbrook in DuPage County have asked, have pleaded, please close this plant. It's affecting people's health and their lives. And the governor was unwilling to do that and has delayed and hasn't given all the information to the attorney general to allow that closure to take place. Again, the governor owned nursing homes and there was a massive amount of abuse that occurred of the seniors at those nursing homes. Um, the governor denies things. He tries to cover things up. What about the deaths of children and the abuse of children at DCFS and the, the failure of staffing at DCFS under this governor? These are all things that the governor has been responsible for. Um, it's been all about covering up and doing whatever's best for his business interests, his personal interests, his political interests. To me, that that adds up to real corruption 
and putting himself above the safety of the people of the state of Illinois. Let's turn to uh, some of the uh, kitchen table issues, as you might say. One of them, one of the big ones is going to be about taxes. Um, Now, the governor has made a lot of uh, your reluctance to say what rate you might envision for what could become a graduated or progressive income tax. And granted, you're saying that this is something that would have to be negotiated, but as Democrats keep reminding Bruce Rauner, it's supposed to be the governor who presents the budget, the leader of the state, uh, who makes a proposal. So why not give voters and lawmakers a starting point? Sure. Well, remember why the governor is saying all that. He's uh, a governor who's been unwilling to compromise, unwilling to get things done. We went two years without a budget because of his unwillingness to compromise. A third year where he vetoed the budget but got overridden because his own Republican Party decided to you know, work with Democrats on their own to get something done. Um, he's somebody who's been unwilling to work with the mayor of Chicago, with the Speaker of the House, with the President of the Senate. He doesn't get it. You have to work on behalf of working families, and that's the job as governor. So, look, the point here is that we need to negotiate and make sure that we're compromising on how to get those rates put in place, what the breakpoints would be, what they would be, is dependent upon the representatives of the people, the state representatives, state senators who are elected, who represent their constituents. They need to be at the table. It's required, in fact, to get a constitutional amendment passed. And you have to get a supermajority. So it's, you know, we want Republicans and Democrats at the table. And then after that, after the rates are determined and the proposal is determined, then it goes to a referendum of the people of the state where a supermajority of the voters get to to weigh in. So that's why, you know, it's important, though, that we set out principles. And here's the principle that the governor doesn't really get. And that's we need to lower taxes for people in the middle class and those striving to get there. We need to lower property taxes in the state. And the best way to do that, and it's been proven in other states over and over again, majority of states have a fair tax system like the one that I want to put in. Um, And what it's been proven is we can get it done. We can lower property taxes and lower taxes on the middle class with a fair tax system and pay for schools in a different way, which helps us lower property taxes. If we can do all of that, we actually improve the economy of the state by putting dollars back in the hands of the middle class people who are often living paycheck to paycheck or having trouble paying for their kids' college education or their health care, um, putting dollars in their hands improves the economy. Um, they're going to go spend those dollars. It's good for them. It's good for the state of Illinois. Lowering property taxes will help us attract businesses to the state and keep people in the state of Illinois. You know, property taxes are the biggest uh, you know, progenitors of out-migration, along with higher education and the failure of Governor Rauner to fund higher education. He's cut higher ed by 20 percent. He's proposed cutting it further by 30 percent. People don't know whether they're going to get their scholarship grants. The faculty are being laid off. We need a strong higher education system in this state, and that's something that will help us create jobs, and it will help us keep people in the state and attract people to the state and reverse this out-migration trend that has gotten worse under Governor Rauner. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is J.B. Pritzker, the Democratic candidate for governor. I want to stay on this a little bit longer uh, because I think everybody's agreed that because a constitutional amendment is required, nothing, there will be no result 
of of progressive tax uh, system before 2020. What does a state that's in financial trouble now do between now and then? What can it do? What can you get the votes for mm-hmm. uh, to keep the state going? Well, let's start with the fact that you need a governor who actually proposes and get gets passed a balanced budget. This governor didn't do that for three years. And in the fourth year, he put a proposal together and frankly, everybody ignored it and went and passed uh, overwhelmingly a different budget proposal. Um, I want to make sure that we actually balance the budget. We have a structural deficit in this state. So we are going to need to look at efficiencies in state government. We're going to have to look at where we can enhance revenue. And we've got to look at job creation and attracting businesses because that's the best way to bring revenue to the state of Illinois is more jobs and more businesses. Um, So let's talk about each of those. But Mm -hmm. I know that you want to focus on taxes. Well, I, I want to focus on the whole picture. Yeah, good. You, it, it, it's revenue, it all plays it, it, into and, the budget, right? Yeah, I mean, some people want to tear and, these things apart like they're separate. The reality is this is all part of one big budget. And so efficiencies in state government are important to find. There are an awful lot of those that we can bring. You know, Governor Rauner has failed to get implemented a computer system for the state. You know, he said he was going to do that when he got elected. Um, it's now three and a half years later. Uh, all the agencies complain because nothing really works, uh, and we need to make sure that we implement that. You know that I come out of the technology world, um, that I, I am somebody who believes in bringing those kinds of efficiencies to government. But that's, that's one a very cost important, too, though, isn't it? Uh, well, it's already built in. It's already been paid for over the last number of years, and now we need to actually get the people who are implementing it to finish that project and do it the right way. So that's number one. Number two... You know that I've been involved for more than 20 years as a national leader in early childhood education. This is something that people should recognize is fiscally responsible. It lowers the cost for taxpayers if we make sure that that we have universal preschool, making sure that every kid that shows up at kindergarten is ready to learn and has the tools that they need to succeed. Why do I say this? Because all the studies and, frankly, all the practicum has shown in other states, too, that when you do this— that you save money in the very earliest years, you know, when, as kids are going through kindergarten, first, second, third grade, much less remedial programming that they need. Um, and and over the long haul, these kids end up graduating from high school, graduating from college, much more likely to, and much less likely to end up incarcerated. And very importantly, they're vastly more likely to end up having a job. And so that's why this is an important thing for us to do. It's been too slow under Governor Rauner. It's something I really know my stuff around. I've been doing it for many, many years now. Um, so early childhood education is an efficiency we can bring to state government. Um, let me add to that that making sure that we're having our kids graduate and stay in the graduate college and stay in Illinois, very important. 72,000 kids have decided not to go to college in Illinois because of Governor Rauner on the last, over the last four years. And when those kids choose to leave the state, 70% of them don't come back. Now, remember, these are not only our best economic resources, these highly educated kids, but they're also our kids. We should want them to stay in the state. And again, we don't want out migration. If they'll stay here, they'll help us create jobs. What's chasing them out is the uncertainty of state government not providing their MAP grants under Governor Rauner, who didn't pass a budget for two years. We saw what devastation that wrought on people, real damage. Um, It's because the programs that they want to attend 
the faculty are leaving, the programs are being shut down because of the underfunding of higher education under Governor Rauner, 20% cut and a 30% proposed cut. Um, so, you know, that's one big reason why people get up and leave, just complete uncertainty. Talk to parents, as I have, and they'll tell you, if we don't know whether the MAP grant is coming, we can't rely upon it and send our kid to school here thinking that maybe we're going to have to put up that money because we don't have it. But the University of Iowa, the University of Alabama, the University of Tennessee, they've set up shop in Illinois to take our students away. And what they pitch them is, hey, we've got certainty for you. We'll provide you those scholarship dollars that Illinois isn't. So these are all things that are playing into the challenges that we've got in the state. And Governor Rauner is an ideologue. He is unwilling to sit down and compromise and make progress. Now, just a month ago, he expressed a lot of regret over the mistakes that he's made over the last four years and says that he won't do it again. Well, what is it that he's saying he won't do again? He, he, he won't stand on principle or, or, you know, be ideological anymore? Is that, is that what he's saying? Um, I think we all learned in kindergarten that you have to work with people to get things done. Apparently, Governor Rauner didn't learn those lessons back then. And now he's saying after four years of on-the-job training and getting it wrong and failing for four years, now he's going to get it right. I don't think that it's believable. Um, I want to turn to another issue that's on, that are, that's on people's minds, and that would be uh, public safety about gun violence. Um, you were this uh, past week endorsed by people in the movement to end gun violence. Governor Rauner vetoed the gun shop licensing legislation uh, that had been passed as too burdensome on business. Besides that legislation, what else do you see or want to see out of the legislature uh, on on the efforts to reduce gun violence? I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm going to sign the gun dealer licensing bill if it's put on my desk when I'm governor. I think background checks for gun dealers makes a lot of sense to me. Um, furthermore, banning bump stocks, banning high-capacity magazines, those are all things that we can do that will reduce gun violence. And very importantly, focusing on the trafficking of the illegal guns that are coming across the border. Uh, 60% of the violent crime in Chicago is committed with those illegal guns coming from across the border. There's a lot that we can do to stem the tide of that. But look, the problem sometimes when you talk about gun violence, people don't talk about the root causes. Now, sometimes you'll hear Governor Rauner say, jobs. Well, he's right, but he forgets about all the other things that go into jobs. Um, we need to make sure there's skills training, and we make sure that people have the opportunity to start businesses in those communities that need it most that have been forgotten and left out. Um, we can reduce gun violence by making sure that the mental health facilities that Governor Rauner caused to close are reopened and that we expand the ability for people to get substance abuse treatment after Governor Rauner shut those down, too. Um, we have so much that we need to do that has to do with just raising up people's standards of living in the state, giving people a real opportunity to get ahead. Um, that reduces gun violence a lot. I want to remind you one other thing. I know that we're on a Chicago radio station, but you have a very wide listening audience. Mm -hmm. You know, Rockford has a higher incidence per capita of gun violence than even the city of Chicago does. We have gun violence in Peoria and Carbondale and Springfield. Uh, we can't forget that, it, that during the last three years, when gun violence really spiked, guess what? That was the same time period during which Governor Rauner refused to compromise and get a budget done. And violence interruption services, for example, mental health services and substance abuse treatment, 
All of those things play into whether people end up in a situation where they're committing gun violence. Violence interruption, sirs, let me just give you one example. Cure Violence, very important program that the state has funded historically, was cut completely in Springfield. And you saw almost immediately gun violence go through the roof. And Cure Violence, when they're on the streets helping kids get jobs, job, summer jobs programs, year-round jobs programs for young kids that were cut under Governor Rauner, those are prevention programs. And when you don't fund those, that's when you see gun violence increase. So you've got to look at this holistically. Governor Rauner doesn't understand that. And frankly, he's not for doing anything about guns. He, he just got the endorsement of the Illinois State Rifle Association because he's thwarted most of the legislation they wanted thwarted. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left, but I, I do want to talk about one almost philosophical issue, but the, but there's, there's dollars and cents attached to it, too. Thanks to money you put into your campaign, uh, this will, in fact, be the highest spending governor's race in the nation's history. Um, is this a good thing for the political process, or, or are we, have we really priced public service out of the reach of, uh, of, of average citizens? I mean, do we have to be a Bruce Rauner or a, or a J.B. Pritzker in order to realistically have a hope of getting elected to anything. Yeah, I don't like all the money in politics either. Um, and this campaign, you may recall, you know, Governor Rauner uh, wrote himself into his own account, $50 million check at the very beginning, hoping to scare people away. And frankly, I think he did scare some people away. Um, and I don't certainly like to self-fund and, you know, have this be an expensive race and uh, so on. But Illinois is worth it. That we have to wrest control of the state from this ideological governor who doesn't understand that we've got to fight for working families. My intention in this race is to put Springfield back on their side. I grew up a Democrat. I've fought for democratic values, um, believe in social and economic justice. And I intend to make sure that, that we now have a state government that stands up for them. I want people to run for public office who uh, could not fund themselves. Indeed, uh, you've seen that I've supported candidates who couldn't fund their own races with my own dollars because I want to help them get elected. And I think that people who can raise small dollar contributions, we should find a way to match those small dollar contributions uh, to help them run for public office. I want more people running, not less. More competition, more candidates. That's good for the public. Yeah. Um Unfortunately, perhaps, and a lot of the money that's being spent these days is being spent on attack ads. Um, at what point do you think we reach a tipping point where people are turned off by politics and, and start to not much care who's running? Yeah, I mean, the, nobody likes the attacks on television. And I've tried to uh, balance um, comparative ads about issues. And I think you might call those attack ads. But, you know, when you're talking about um, the fact that Governor Rauner cut child care assistance by 90 percent, I'm opposed to that. In fact, I think child care assistance is very important for working families. So I think that's not an attack. That's a comparison. Um, I would rather that we had more ads like the ones I'm running about mental health, emphasizing how important that is for our state. Um, I've run ads about the things that I've done to try to make create jobs in the state and how I'll do that going forward. Uh, to make sure that we're lifting up the forgotten communities and also bringing more technology into the state. 
uh, and opportunities for people to start businesses. Those are all things that I've tried to advertise during the course of this campaign and try to get the message across. Obviously, Governor Ranner, almost his entire campaign has been negative. And so we've had to respond to some of that. He has nothing to run on. He's done nothing for four years. So his entire campaign is just to bring down the other candidates. What, what Briefly, what kind of response do you get to your issue ads versus the, uh, the more hard-hitting ones? You'd be surprised. People come up to me. They've seen the ad about me talking about my mother and her struggle with alcoholism. And people come up to me and they say, Thank you for running that ad. You know, my, my father was an alcoholic or my, my brother, my sister was an alcoholic. And, and it's important for you to make this, you know, uh, something people understand. It's not as uncommon as people might think. Um, and then, you know, the mental health ad that we're running, um, lots of people have come up to me and said, thank you for doing that. And, and let's make sure that we expand the opportunity for people to get treatment for their mental health. I think mental health is as important as physical health and should be put on the same par. It's brain health, you know, body health. That's all the same thing. And we ought to make sure that people can get the treatment they need. Thank you. That is Democrat J.B. Pritzker, candidate for governor. Thanks for spending the half hour with us. Thanks, Craig. Uh, To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is WBBMNewsRadio.com. You can also find our podcast on Radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of Ad Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.